I did hear about a, a uh, man that, that uh, came to ask for prayers from uh, the leaders of a, a church uh, not too long ago, and the, the request was a prayer for his hearing. And so immediately the, the leaders gathered around him and the, the, the preacher then um, decides that he wants to, uh, to really pray for this man's hearing. And so he, he takes his finger and sticks it in one of his ears and the other hand he places on top of his head and begins to, to pray fervently that, that God would restore his, his hearing. And after the, the conclusion of the prayer, the the preacher then looks at the man and says, now tell me, how is your hearing? And the man says, well, I don't know yet. It's not in, I don't have to appear before the court until next Wednesday. <laughs> now, a part of God's u- uniqueness is His spokenness. It is the... The, the fact that God speaks, that, that's the only way that we know anything about God. He could still have done all the works and created everything, but unless He revealed Himself to us, then we wouldn't know anything about God. This morning we're going to continue our study on the Holy Spirit, the God that I never knew. We're going to, to, to continue to look at how does God speak to us? How can we hear God? Paul, in one of his letters, says that, that um, it, he, he can't understand why people will turn away from worshiping the true God and begin to worship idols. Because he says that, that idols are, are mute. They can't speak. But part of what defines God is that He has spoken to us, that He speaks to us. It is because we have a a God who speaks that we gather and we uh, return our words back to God. We praise the God from whom all blessings flow. Open with me, if you would, your Bibles to John chapter 14. This is the second study of our series, The God I Never Knew. As we examine what Jesus had to say about the Holy Spirit. And last week we talked about that while God is, is omnipresent, God is everywhere. Through the Holy Spirit, God is especially present in us. And, and this is a, an incredible opportunity for us because in, in the old covenant the this presence of God was something that was transient it was something that that would kind of come and go God's presence would would rest on the tabernacle for a, a season and then his presence would get up and and rise and and lead them on to a different place but the Holy Spirit is God's promise to be with us and, and that brings us great great courage the, the goal throughout this series is, while we, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit very often, we do use some language of the Holy Spirit in our songs and in our prayers. And so the goal is to, to begin to live 
the way that we sing and the way that we pray. One of the songs that we often sing is, is about how God walks with me. He walks with me and he talks with me. You may have grown up going to church and hearing almost every prayer ending with the phrase, guide, guard, and direct us. Those are statements of belief that, that God is a God who communicates. And yet, for some reason, whenever we, we start attaching the, the language of Holy Spirit to that, we get a little bit uncomfortable. And yet, Jesus in John 14 begins to teach his disciples about the Holy Spirit. And, and one of the roles that, that the Holy Spirit serves is, is speaking to us. John 14 through 16, it, it, it comprises what is known as the final discourse, Jesus preparing his disciples for his departure. And in the verses that we are going to read this morning, Jesus is going to provide some of the reasons why the Holy Spirit is necessary. I want to read John 14, verse 25. Jesus says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And skipping ahead to chapter 16, verse 12. I have much more to say to you more than you can now bear but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth he will not speak on his own he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come he will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you all that belongs to the father is mine that is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is necessary because his time is limited with his disciples. And their capacity to absorb what he needs to instruct them, what they need to know in order to live a life following Jesus, it is limited. A couple of weeks ago, I bought a, a book that uh, was uh, about how to um, how to 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 train uh, children. It was kind of the, the topic that it was uh, covering: train your children in faith. And and this one was specifically geared to sixth graders. And my daughter is is going into sixth grade this year, and and the first uh, page it talks about, uh, about the average number of weeks that a, a child lives with their parents before they graduate and go off to college. And, and, and it starts with, and this is how much time you have left with your sixth grader approximately. And I start to, to do the math and, and we're, we're over two-thirds of the, the way done. And, and all of a sudden my anxiety starts to, to rise because there's so much that, that I feel like I need to teach her and yet 
all this time is gone. And I know that she's the product of, of me. And, and her capacity to absorb is kind of limited. I've shared with you before that, that I was not uh, the, the best student in the world. My uh, freshman year of college, I went to Oklahoma Christian, and, and as a, every student at Oklahoma Christian is required to attend chapel every day. And chapel, uh, it was the last thing before lunch. And my first semester, I, I had a class that was actually um, right after chapel. And all of my friends, they were going to lunch, and, and so I was uh, kind of frustrated with that. And to make matters worse, I show up to class the first day, and the teacher informs us, it was a math class, and she informs us that there were, uh, I believe, seven uh, tests that we had to take throughout the year, and uh, we, were to, we were free to go at our own pace. That any time we were ready to take a test, we could take the test. And, and, and if we took all of the tests in, uh, in a short amount of time, then we were done with the class. But in my head, the way that I did the, the, the math is I said, okay, I don't need to come to class. I'll just show up the last week of class and, and begin to, to take all seven of the tests. And so that's exactly what I did. I showed up the last week of class and the teacher asked me who I was. And I explained to her that I was enrolled in the course and that I was here to begin taking the tests. And she says, you must not have read the syllabus because you can only take two tests a week. See, she understood that, that our brains, that they have a capacity in which we were able to absorb things. And, and so uh, while you can go at your own pace, th- there's no way that you can cover all of the material in one week. And for Jesus, the solution is to send the Holy Spirit to his disciples. That they will be reminded of everything that Jesus has said through the Holy Spirit. And this requires that they listen to his voice. That they listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit as he speaks to them and reminds them of what Jesus has taught them. Whenever you buy a a new device and you bring it home, you unbox it, you plug in the device, you begin to charge it, how many of you take out the instruction book and you sit down and you read the instruction book? Anybody an instruction book reader? Okay, I have a couple of hands here. How many of you just turn it on and you begin to play with it? Okay, and now, now how many of you, you wait and you call your child or your grandchild and you have them come and explain how you're supposed to work this? Okay, so that, that's everybody else, right? See, Jesus is, is saying that that the Holy Spirit is like your, your child, your grandchild. That he is coming along and, and you can read what God has already spoken. In fact, it's the Spirit that has spoken what we have, the Scriptures. Second Timothy 3, verse 16 says that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The, the term God-breathed 
is, is this word God-spirited. The Spirit is the author of the Word of God. But the Spirit goes beyond that. It's not just a, a, a past experience, but it is a, a present experience. That the Spirit reminds, or that the Spirit guides, because there are, are new circumstances that the Scripture could never have imagined that we need to learn how to navigate. Whenever the original authors were, were writing the, the text, they, they never could have imagined that, that we would reach a day and time where, where we could have something that we call life support. So whenever you start talking about ethical issues and how to live in, in light of God's truth in something like that, they never could have imagined that. So how can they give us a, an instruction on how to live in that? They never could have imagined television and social media. And so how could they have given instruction to parents on, on what age is best to, to allow your children to have access to those things? They couldn't do that. And so because of the time and the, the capacity, we need the Holy Spirit. Jesus says that the sheep listen to his voice. And a question that every disciple of Jesus must wrestle with is, are we more discipled? Are we listening more to the voice of Fox News and CNN than we are of the Holy Spirit? Because the problem is that there are other voices that are speaking. We live in a noisy environment. And so it's not just listening to his voice, it's also learning his voice. A few verses later in John 10, Jesus goes on to say that the sheep, his sheep, will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. John says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. While not every voice that we may hear is human, that does not mean that every voice that we hear that's not human comes from God. Jesus says that, that Satan, his, his native language is lies. Satan also speaks. And we have to learn to recognize the voice of the Spirit. In John 16, Jesus says, verse 15, that, that all that, that is the, of the Father, it belongs to Jesus, and it also belongs to the Spirit. Jesus says that the Spirit isn't going to speak words of His own, but He's going to speak words that, that Jesus Himself gives. That the Spirit is going to, to exalt Jesus, just as Jesus has exalted the Father. So whenever you, you spend time listening to the words of God from the past, you start to get used to His voice. When I was about uh, 14 or so, I 
Uh, I fell for a, a girl that was a couple of years older than me and under the encouragement of my best friend, I decided to uh, pick up the phone and ask her to go see a movie with me. And I was extremely nervous. My best friend was right there with me, uh, continuing to provide encouragement. And as uh, a man answered the phone, I asked if Kelly was there. And he said, yes, just a minute. And so uh, after a few moments, uh, a female voice comes on the phone. And I say, Kelly, this is Jeff. And I wanted to know if you would go to the movies with me. There was an awkward silence. And then I hear... Um, let me get Kelly. I had apparently just asked out her mom. Because I thought I was in love with her, but I hadn't been around her enough to really recognize her voice. And it would have saved me a lot of embarrassment had I done so. It is common to hear the advice that you need to listen to to your heart. That the spirit, is, it's this kind of inner conscience inside of us. But Jeremiah says that the heart is deceitful above all things. Jeremiah says that, that, that our hearts, that they, they will, will kind of lead us astray. Because our hearts have in, 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 in mind itself. Self-preservation, self-exaltation. But the Spirit of God has a different objective. And I know that I went out, a little out of order on your outline in front of you, but I want to come back to the, the first blank in your outline. Because the objective of the Spirit is that we continue the mission of Christ. See, the study of the Holy Spirit is so critical because we need to learn to listen to the Spirit in order to live on mission. Our theme, as you see on the banners behind me, is to add verbs to our faith. And, and, and James encourages us to not just listen to the word, but, but do it. To add verbs to our faith. And the only way that we can, can rightly do that is if we listen to God. Martin Luther King Jr. has, has been given or granted the a reputation of, of being a, a man that lived with, with great courage and boldness as he stood for justice in our world. In his writings, he has reflected that that wasn't always the case. In fact, early in his career as a, a minister, he, he just viewed it as, as a job. It was just a way to, to pay bills. And, and, and because of the the, the culture around him, he kind of got forced into this civil rights discussion. And his family received numerous threats. Every single day, phone calls, 
threatening the life of his wife and daughters if they did not leave town. He wrote that after one of those occasions, that he sat down at the the kitchen table and just began to weep and, and didn't know what else to do but to call out to this God that he he preached about but didn't really know. And he began to ask God what, what he should do. And, and he, he says that, that he heard the voice of Jesus speak to him. The voice was saying, Martin Luther, stand up for righteousness, stand up for justice, stand up for truth, and lo, I will be with you. Even until the end of the world, then the king, uh, then uh, Martin Luther King heard the voice of Jesus. I heard the voice of Jesus saying, still fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. And it was that moment that led Martin Luther King Jr. to to live with courage. And to stop living for his own life, for his own safety, and for his own kingdom, but to, to begin to pursue as of first importance, the kingdom of Jesus Christ. See, God is still alive. God is still active. He is still speaking. And at some point this week, He will speak to you. I am sure of that. And the question is, are you going to hear Him and respond? Because you you don't have to respond to Him. It might be safer for you. It definitely will be more comfortable for you if you don't. But if you do, if you choose to respond to the voice of truth, then you will have the promise of God's presence. Will you pray with me? Father, we come to you in this, this world where, where there's a lot of distractions, there are a lot of people that are speaking, there are a lot of agendas that are, are forced on us. And Father, we pray that you would open up our ears to hear the voice of truth that you would give us the courage to to listen to him and not to our own heart. And we pray this through the power of Jesus in his name. Amen. I want to invite you to let him have his way with you. If you'd like to respond to the message this morning, some of our shepherds will be at the back of the worship center. I'll be at the front. We would love to assist you as we together stand and worship together.